That's my question to you guys today is what greater joy can you have than to make possible what we make possible with our hands? You know, a pregnant mama comes in last week, 38 and a half weeks pregnant, breech baby, three adjustments, head down. What greater joy? I can't, I can't think of a better thing I'd want to do most of my life than to, to help that mama. Now, did I turn the baby? No, I didn't touch the baby, and I made clear to that mama, I have nothing to do with that baby, right? But I'm going to get that pelvis open, right? We're going to make that pelvis open. We're going to give room to your pelvis. And that baby was able to do <clears throat> what they had to do, and now she could have a natural birth because it was her first baby, and she wanted to have a natural birth. Another pregnant mama comes in yesterday, says to me, um, my doctor, I'm, I'm 38 weeks. My doctor says I'm not dropping. We'll have to induce next week. I'm like, first off, how did he figure out you weren't dropping? Well, you know, he measured this and did this and ultrasounded that and this and whatever and blah, blah. I'm like, look at you. I said, did he look with his eyes or did he only measure? Well, he only measured. I said, has anybody else told you you've been dropping? Yes, all my friends are telling me, all my coworkers are telling me I'm dropping. But he told me I'm not, so now he's, he's saying I have to induce. I'm like, your body knows exactly what to do, exactly when it's supposed to do it. Like, I said to her, something like, did you ever, like, cook, a, like, a cake and you took it out before it was done? Right? Is it good? No. Right? So l let the cake cook. Right? And I said, I said look at you. And I, and I showed her. I said, this is how you know. And I'll, I'll teach you guys this. This is how you know you're dropping. Aside from sometimes with some uh, women, is, you can physically see the baby going down like this. And the whole belly goes down. But sometimes it's, especially a smaller, more petite person, it's kind of more subtle. So I said, find the belly button. Your belly button, when you are like in the midst of pregnancy, will be like this, sticking straight out. But when you are about to go into labor, when you're within like a week or so and you're, and you're dropping, that's going to start pointing down. Your belly button will literally point down when you're getting really close. That's how you know you're dropping. And she said, oh my God, yeah, my belly button is down. I'm like, yeah. I said, you're dropping, right? She said, but the, the OB said, I did. I said, I, I know what he said, but I'm telling you that you are, or your friends telling you are, and you know that you are, right? And this, this proves it, right? I'm, I'm, I don't care about the measurements. What I care about is what I'm seeing, right? What I'm seeing is more important than what they're, they're measuring, right? So what greater joy? She walks out saying, yeah, yeah, I, my baby's dropping, right? Is, that's, that's the essence of what we're trying to do is to empower these women <clears throat> who are having babies, who are being scared out of their minds and, and why they want to induce, right? A couple of years ago, we saw in 2018, the new thing that said we should be inducing all women at 39 weeks to prevent C-sections, right? What a ridiculous comment, because when you induce, you put Pitocin in, you, you break the membranes, now you're actually raising the risk of having more intervention, right? But this is the latest paper, and now everybody's going by the one paper, right? One paper, and everybody's going by the latest paper. First-time mama, like, let the first-time mamas just have a baby, right? Let them try, let them try, right? So she walks out all empowered. That's my point, right? Another baby comes in on Monday crying his little head off because he's got an ear infection. One adjustment. I text the mama later on. Baby's fine now. What greater joy? 
What greater joy can I have than to do these things? A child with autism comes in, never speaks a word. He's five years old. Now he's starting to speak. What greater joy with just my hands? Right? With just, and here's the thing. Here's what I want you guys to understand this. This is not me. This is not like, like something that only I can do. This is something all of you can do. All of you have this ability. All of you could be easily be doing this in clinic or offices or peak or wherever you happen to be. This is anybody's game, right? This is chiropractic, right? Chiropractic allows us to experience something called greater joy, right? And I make fun of this all the time, but I don't think plumbers feel this way. Now, a plumber is very important, right? So, and like this weekend, I have to have a plumber come into our house because our faucet's leaking. I can't fix that. Right? It's beyond my control. And I probably could fix it if I took the time to learn. But I don't want to learn how to fix that. It's not my interest. Right? But I don't think that the plumber leaves my house saying, oh, like, wow, what an experience I just had changing that faucet. Not that it's bad. Right? It's, it's an absolutely necessary thing. But they just don't feel that way. Right? I don't think that they have this, this what greater joy moment. I don't think that they're, I don't think they have books like green books about philosophy. I don't think they have podcasts like my podcast, Caracast, or other, you know, Sigafoos' podcast, or all these other great podcasts out there. About I don't think they have plumbing podcasts. Or maybe they do. I'll have to look. You know, maybe I should, I'm speaking too quickly here. But maybe they have some kind. But I don't think even if they do have plumbing podcasts, it probably isn't about the joy of plumbing. It probably is about, you know, look at this is our new pipe wrench thing. Um, and how great this new wrench is. So, so I, that, that's what I want you guys to think about. Like the profession <clears throat> that you guys have chosen, or should I say, has chosen you somehow, that profession has this uh, innate ability to make you have joy for the rest of your life. And if you're not experiencing this joy, right, then there must be some sort of disconnect, right? There must be some sort of disconnect because to me, this joy, this, it comes from me. Right? It emanates from me. One of the, the best things I love about my office is so many people will call my office an oasis. This is an oasis. Like, like, especially during this pandemic, you know, we have become like the happy oasis for hundreds and hundreds of patients every single week who come into the office and they get like a dose of happy. And here's the cool thing. You know, you just, like, people say, well, are all your patients happy patients? And the answer is no. Not all my patients are happy. Well, one of two things happen to patients who, who enter my practice, you know, new patients who are not particularly the happiest people. One of two things. Either A, the reason they're unhappy is because of whatever's going on with them, and adjusting them really turns them around. And it honestly doesn't take long to turn someone's, like, mental continence around if they're turnaroundable. Um, it doesn't take too long. Within a few adjustments, a few weeks, these people have turned around, or they don't come back. I have patients all the time who come in and they're just not happy people. And these people do not stay in my practice. Uh, either they come for the new patients and never come back for report, or they come for report and don't sign up for care, or they sign up for care for a few visits and they're like, this isn't for me. And I'm like, cool, cool. Like, I will never try to, to like, we just had this happen yesterday. There was one uh, mama who just, she just did not get what we were trying to do with her kid. She could not figure this, like, asked all the time, like, is that all? Is that all? Is that it? Are we done? Yes. Yes. And I, and I tried to explain, um, you know, to her that, uh, like, a light switch 
how long does it take to turn on a light switch? Right, click. Right, there's nothing else has to be done. Once the light switch is on, it's on. I don't have to like re-screw the screws around the light switch and, and test the light every time. Yeah, the light's on. <laughs> I can see the light's on, right? So she didn't quite understand that and she was just not a happy person. So she did not jive with what we were doing and she's like, I don't think I'm gonna continue. And I'm not gonna say, well, wait a second, let's draw, okay, I totally understand, totally understand. And she used other excuses, oh, it's too far, and it's too this, it's too this, and I get it, and I'm totally cool with that, because I don't want someone in my office who doesn't want to be there. And, and that's something that's very hard to understand when you're a new practitioner or you're a student, you just want the people as many as you can, and you don't want to turn, and you don't want to have that rejection thing. But I'm not rejected by it. I'm, I'm enthused. Because I, like when, when you let go of something like that, then someone else comes in that's better, right? You're making room. That's what the, they call it the vacuum phenomenon. You make room. So one person leaves it, we'll just suck another good you know, person into the place. I don't need bad stuff in my office. I don't need bad juju in my office. I want only people who are super happy, super psyched to be there with me, experiencing the experience that I want to give them, right? If, you can't, if you're not a happy person and it doesn't job, then leave. And I'm totally cool with that. Totally cool with that. So I want you to think about this, what greater joy. I want you to think about the patients that you're seeing in, in clinic or peak or wherever it is that you're at. I want you to think about that and think about what greater joy and think about, be grateful for the fact that we have a profession that gives us this opportunity. Because I don't know of any other profession, I, I can't think of another field that does this. I can't even think of another healthcare field that talks the way we talk, that has the ability to have a philosophy. You know, There's a lot of great stuff in OT and PT and all this other stuff that's out there, but they, they don't have a philosophy. We have this whole backbone, this foundation to chiropractic that to me makes everything what we do even more worthwhile, even better, right? And yes, OTs and PTs and all these other people and, and medical doctors, and they, everybody saves lives and, and they're very grateful, but there's something about what's behind what we're saying, right? And that's why I find a lot of chiropractors who don't have the philosophy don't share this greater joy. It's just like a job. I don't want a job. I didn't sign up for a job. You know, I, I, you, can, you can make money in a job, but I want to design a life. And that's what I feel grateful for, that I have been able to design this beautiful life for myself. And, and the money has come in unbelievable abundance, but that's, it's sort of as a secondary result of the fact that I'm living a congruent life with myself. 